0: This week's guest has had a stratospheric rise to fame since bursting onto our screens on the X Factor in 2011. I say it was an X Factor sweet spot. Now, whilst we are used to seeing her perform massive hits alongside her three band members of Little Mix, today we're going to be hearing all about the stories behind it all. Welcome to the Sissy, the podcast that reveals the stories, hidden gems, and certified spots tried and tested by some of London's most recognisable names. Whether they're born and bred here or have made the capital their second home, London holds a key piece to their heart. This week, I'm talking to the adorable and powerful Jade Thirlwall. Well, let's take it back.
1: Jade, where are you originally from? So I'm from South Shields, which is like 20 minutes from Newcastle. Northern girl, grew up there. The first time I came to London properly was when I auditioned for X Factor. And I got through to boot camp and I remember I got the train to London and I was there on my own for the first time and I was
0: terrified. That's mad. I was always under the assumption that you auditioned in the northeast, So you came down to London specifically for your audition. Yes, yeah, so because so I'd auditioned like three times over
1: the years and I'd done an audition in Glasgow. I think the second time I did Liverpool and third time, yeah, London. Was your lucky city. It was. The bootcamp stage of expert. I lasts for like a week, so I was there on my own. It was all very, very exciting, but a bit scary as well. I think for like a girl from a really small little town by the sea, like London for me was like the Emerald City. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like, it was where you went to make it, to be a star. And obviously as someone that wanted to be a singer, like I just dreamed of eventually moving there, obviously couldn't afford it. in the position I was in at the time. To me, it was like the dreamland where I would go to make it as a singer. I didn't know anything about London. I just, yeah, I'd saw pictures and I'd been to theatre before. I didn't know like any of the areas. So yeah, bootcamp was in Wembley. And then I think once we got through the lives, we moved to like this house in Hertfordshire, this big, massive house. So my initial like first experiences of London were like, oh, it's all very showbiz. You're seeing in this big, luxurious house. Um, And there was, like, you know, camera crews constantly. And it was literally, like, living the dream. And it was so exciting. And then when we actually won the show and then had to find somewhere to live, there was a bit of, like, northern and southern divide. So Jesse and Leanne moved to Putney. And me and Harry were literally, like, what have we heard of in London? Notting Hill. Get a flat there. (laughs) Like, didn't have a clue what we were doing. moved to Notting Hill with, like... The rent was ridiculous and we just, yeah, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. And it was then that had us that I was actually living in London and I was completely lost. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Obviously Notting Hill is such a thriving... Amazing place to live. But I think when you're eating and you just moved there, and Perry was with her boyfriend at the time, so she was always at his house, and it ended up being just me mostly on my own in Notting Hill. At that age, I was just absolutely terrified. And for years, I'd say for like two or three years, I hated living in London. absolutely hated it. I felt really lonely. Like, I didn't know anyone around us, and obviously I'd go to work and see the girls, and that was great. But um, in terms of living there at first, yeah, I just... I hated it. I just couldn't couldn't get the the um, the magic of it. Whereas now, I couldn't imagine living anywhere else.
0: Isn't that funny how that yeah. it just switches like mm-hmm. that? Do you remember a definitive moment that made you think, okay, you know what, I belong here now?
1: I think it was probably when I actually started making some mates. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I um, ended up moving from Notting Hill. I just felt really claustrophobic because I think I was so used to living like by the River Tyne, seeing water. Uh, all that sort of thing. So I ended up moving east to, like, Canary Wharf area. And then I had, like, my hairstylist, Aaron Carlo, who still does our hair now, started taking me out to the gay scene in, like, East London. And that was when I started to find me love for London, really. Like, it was on nights out. Tell me about these yeah. nights out. So what clubs were you going to? Can you remember any club nights? Or uh, Yeah, Metropolis, Savage, Nights Out, Sink the Pink, Going to Heaven, Like it was all gay bars and that was when I started to find friends and feel like I was in a community that I really felt like I belonged in and obviously everyone was so lovely and it was from then onwards that London started to feel more and more like home. You found yourself in the club? Yeah, literally getting drunk every weekend. (laughs) It got to a point where I was going to have a nightclub every weekend and the bouncers would just expect us to walk in. I thought, I'm going to have to stop this for a bit because I was literally turning into the
0: local. But that is, (laughs) you know, that is the essence of, I guess, London. And like, you know, it's that sense of community, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, 100%. And I think the more I started going out in Shoreditch during the day as well and just finding places that I loved to mingle in, that's when it started to become home for me. And just exciting, like there's so much to do in London. And I think for so long, I guess because I was so young and naive, I got so used to just staying in my flat and, like, being nervous to go anywhere and not talking to strangers and all that stuff and not socialising enough that that's where I sort of was going wrong, really. And then the minute I stepped out the door and actually started experiencing London, that was when I fell in love with it.
0: Yeah, because I I wanted to go back a little bit. What were you doing and where were you going to sort of find your feet when you first moved?
1: I lived literally right next to Portobello Road. So on my own, I was just lost, like... I didn't know where to go. The prices to me were extortionate. I was like, I'm from up north. Like, usually I'm used to a Greg's pasty for like one pound. <laughs> I was going to these posh like coffee shops. And I was like, Fiverr for a lie, having a laugh. Um, So yeah, for a while I was just a bit like, what is this place? And then my mum would would travel down on the train and do me washing for us, do me Shout cooking. Shout out to Norma. Shout out Norma, icon. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she really, really helped us through all that because I just didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was so, I think I was a bit mollycoddled living up north. And obviously, you know, if you come from a small town, everybody knows everyone, you know your neighbours, you know where everything is. Everything's like a walk, walking distance. So for me, London was just like, blew my
0: mind. Absolutely blew my mind. When people come and visit you, um, when your mum comes or your cousins, like whoever, where do you take them? Well, where would you recommend they go first? Like, What is the quintessential London thing that they oh. should do?
1: Well, I guess like when my mum and that comes, they want to do all the touristy things. So i take them like, when my family would come down, I'd take them Madame Tussauds and we'd go and watch a show. Have you guys got figures there? No, and it's a very touchy subject. Wow. I think we deserve
0: one. I think you do. I'm
1: sorry, but budget permitting, get those four (laughs) waxworks out there because come on.
0: Look, I look. I agree. I fully agree.
1: Like we've earned our
0: place. You've you've earned your you've earned your love in wax. So, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm yet to see. You know, you can melt down Ollie Mers or something and make it. in. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah
0: that's they, not they're, hard. You know, there's a few figures in there that could.
1: I'm sure there's some that can be could, melted into us. You
0: know, yeah. Do you know
1: what I mean? Yeah, they, they've
0: but got yeah, some brunette hair.
1: Yeah, yeah, still waiting for that. But yeah, I've been there. I Taking people to see a show. But I think now that I've lived here and I know more about London. Like my best friend, actually, she moved here a year ago and she lives with me now from up north, which is amazing. I love having my best friend with us, and I take her to yeah, we go to like Shoreditch, we go eating places, Greenwich Market, really lovely, nice. I only just discovered that one, which is so annoying because it's like one stop away on the tube and I never really took notice. Have you been before? I've never ever. I've
0: seen pictures of it though. I've never been.
1: Yeah, they've got like a food market and stuff in Greenwich, which is really lovely. Gay night out, can't go wrong, because we have got a few gay bars up north, but nowhere
0: knows how to do it like London does. When so you I mean. go to the gay bars, um, like, around here, I mean, is it, I mean, can you actually let loose, and I mean, I know, you obviously you have fun, but can you yeah. really let loose, because there's people just trying to ask for selfies every, like, two seconds?
1: Yeah, yeah, there is that. I do feel like I can let myself go more than, like, anywhere else. I think because everyone's just there to have a good time, and... You can be bothered, but everyone's nice about it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think people can see, like, when you're getting hounded all the time, just let someone be and let them enjoy their night a bit more. Let me be drunk in peace! Yeah, literally. So, um, yeah, I always have a good time at all the gay bars. I
0: can't go wrong in there. You really can't. Um, yeah. Um, did you ever get to go to Notting Hill Carnival? Have you been yet?
1: I haven't been. Oh, my yeah, gosh! Because we, we were working a lot as well. So I think there was one year I got back just in time, like to catch the end of it. But I was so scared, so I was just living there on my own. It was nighttime time, and I was just sitting in my flat watching from the window, like all the partying. Thinking, oh, I really wish I could get involved with that. Whereas now, I'd like I'd love to do it. Sometimes I do regret that. Like I wish I could go back in time and really make the most of living in Notting Hill because it's obviously it's an incredible part of London, and I just really didn't make the most of it at the time. I think where I was just a bit scared and a bit ignorant i guess to what was going on around us and obviously we were in this little bubble of being in a girl band we really kept ourselves to ourselves for a long time well you had work to do as yeah well. like lots of work but now it's like i've managed
0: to get the balance right i guess exposure to different people as well so you're from south shield mm-hmm. like what what's the sort of makeup there is it quite multicultural is it quite do people sort of mix well like what's what's the yeah. kind of vibe compared to, to here it is quite
1: multicultural There's like in South Shields there's a big sort of Bangladeshi community and for me like I'm I'm half Arab my mum is uh, half Egyptian half Yemeni and we live right on the docks so where I come from there was a really big Arab community oh, but, um which was really cool and you know being from a working class town as well i went to primary school that had a lot of like refugees, immigrants, which for me, that's what I grew up being around and I loved it. And I think from an early age, I got used to being in a multicultural environment. But saying that, it wasn't until I came to London that I sort of like knew the the sort of black community. In all honesty, I'd hardly met any, any black people in South Shields. Yeah, which was weird. It was, yeah, it was more like an Arab community for me. And obviously coming to London is so multicultural it really opened my eyes and I think it helped me to also sort of learn about other communities and educate myself a bit better because I think, yeah, coming from a small town, I was a little bit, not ignorant, but I just didn't see enough different colours and races and religions as well to sort of really be, walk, as it yeah. were.
0: <laughs> no, but Joe, I, I love and respect your honesty because, yeah. you know, you, you saw what you knew.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which is for so yeah. many people coming from like tiny towns, you, yeah. It's what, it's what you grew up around, it's what you see. So coming to London was a big eye-opener for me and it's definitely sort of, I think, bettered me as a person
0: as well. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, sampling cuisines and stuff? So, <laughs> I mean, where, where where are your go-to spots? What's the one meal or the one spot that, like, when, you get, when you've been travelling away with the girls, like tour, studio time, whatever, you're like, okay, I need to get this from here.
1: I mean, I'm such a northern girl. Like, even if I'm away on tour, as soon as I get home, I just want to, like, go and get a roast dinner. Like that's my favourite food. Leanne got me into like Jamaican food and she makes amazing like caribbean as well. She makes amazing curries and stuff like that. So she she got me into that. But I, I think my favourite area in general for finding good places to eat is Shoreditch. And obviously Shoreditch do amazing Indian food as well. I love like they've got the little food markets where you can try like all sorts out. So um yeah, I am a bit like typical Northern lass. I love a good pub. Just you take good, the girl yeah. out of South yeah. Shields, but you can't take the South Shields Big out of the time. girl. time. And yeah, but, well, actually, because I have, you know, I come from an Arab background. My grandma used to always make curries and stuff. So I've sort of grown up on that kind of cuisine. Yeah. And that's always stayed with us. So it's either that or it's like just northern
0: stodge. Nice. Have you managed to connect um with more of our communities in London since you've like lived there or not or not much or-
1: not really and it is something that I wish I could do more. I I wish just in general I could like have more neighbours. Cause I think living in Canary Wharf as well, it's all sort of new builds. And the reason I moved there was mostly to feel more safe. And it's quite quiet around there. I can walk around and not really get hassle because mm. it is quite like a business district. But I do miss that sort of no, community. Don't get it deal. twisted. Them
0: men in suits, they love little mix.
1: Do you reckon? Oh, please. They haven't let me know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a good area for me to go to for that reason. But yeah, I do miss like coming outside my front door and be like, You're alright, Sandra, you're alright. Like having having a few neighbours and mm-hmm. having that community feel. Which I know does exist in London, but I'm yet to
0: experience that. But you know what, to be fair, I think it, it does depend where you live, like like yeah. you say, and like Canary Wharf is hardly, you know, yeah. small coldy sacks. And, and when
1: I moved there, like I still didn't really know enough about London. Like I do I didn't have enough time as well when I was looking for somewhere to live. Obviously we were on two hour all the time. And I think when I moved to Canary Wharf I had like a few weeks to find somewhere to rent. And like my ex-boyfriend lived like in Essex, it was nearer home. And I do wish I had more time to actually like experience all the parts of London, because where where else do you live? I'm in East London. I mean I love East London. Yeah. And I did want to move into Shoreditch and my mum came down and helped us look for a place to live and we we're looking at like warehouse flats in that in Shoreditch and I loved them. My mum was like, You're not living here. She's like, I don't feel safe, enough you
0: live here. <laughs> and I say it's with love. Knowing your fan base, if you lived in those areas, you probably wouldn't be able to go like. Yeah, it would yeah, be game yeah, over. Yeah, it, it, you'd probably be getting socks like every 30 seconds. Yeah. Now, music is what you do, music yes. is what you live for, music is what you love. And for me as a Londoner, one of my favourite things to do, like we all do this, is walking over like somewhere like Waterloo Bridge mm-hmm. with my headphones on and thinking that I'm in some kind of movie. <laughs> Some kind of film being really overdramatic like have you got an area that you walk around or is there a specific song that kind of soundtracks london to you have, have you done Ooh.
1: that uh probably not enough no i do you know what on a day off i can walk around and not get recognized that much like i usually have a bit of disguise big hoodie on sunglasses cap whatever so i can walk around but one of the places that has like really fun memories for me is camden because like when me and the girls were first getting together, we had to like get outfits ready for like judges' houses and for expert and make ourselves look really cool. So our mum all our mum's all gave us pocket money to get the <laughs> train to Camden. And we were so excited. And we went and we went to the market. Pocket money, oh my gosh. Yeah. We were well we were only like 18. I didn't have enough money to bloody yeah. go, go shopping and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, our mum's went and gave her more than they usually would. And remember we went to Camden and got like remember like there was vests that would just have like a print on of like a guy with a boom box or something think we think we're really cool and we all got <laughs> matching ones and we got like the you know like the bright colored socks with the stripes like we looked an absolute mess but we were so excited i
0: mean those early judges houses looks they, they were quite something i mean <laughs> wow i would never get over when uh when they <laughs> when they did leanne's hair like that they did it dirty they did it do you know what justice for leanne's hair just that 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 year, because that honestly, was out of order.
1: But you know what? We were so like terrified of doing like pissing anyone off on the X Factor team. Whenever they were like, "Do you want to shave your head?" We'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do that." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? They put us in all sorts of things. We would have wore a bin bag and gone on stage if it meant getting through it the next week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were like so hungry to do well. We just wanted to please everyone. So when they said Leanne, you know, dye your hair red, shave half it off, and wear that, we were like, "Yeah, she will." She will she do will that be yeah so yeah it was some definitely some questionable outfits but it was such a fun time as well like us going shopping together in Camden and all those memories like fooling around like on the train there and eating together and yeah it was really really exciting times and we've never really got to do that since
0: I was just gonna say I mean for you four to get on a tube in the city right now it would just it would would be game over really wouldn't it it it? could
1: not happen so yeah I I feel very nostalgic when I think of Camden and those days and shopping in the markets and
0: buying all those rubbish things to wear is there anywhere still in the city that you um, that you want to go that you haven't been before
1: Um, I still don't really know enough about like North London Mm -hmm. I feel like East London I've got it covered now like I know where to go out for a drink I know where to go shopping all that sort of thing but yeah North London's a bit of a like grey area for me I've never really explored it enough I know where the places are to go and stuff maybe I could do a bit more adventuring around there and but just clubs as well I feel like I was like taken in by like the gay community for nights out I've no, I've only ever known like gay nights out I they are the t- best
0: ones to be I fair. mean they're the
1: most fun aren't they and you yeah. don't get hassle like you don't get creepy guys like coming on and stuff like that so like that's my home now that's sort of gay culture and gay life that's for me
0: question what are you listening to walking around town at the moment like what's
1: what's making you like yeah obviously Billie eilish is smashing it i mean hats off to her and her team
0: because they've just
1: got it right haven't they they've just smashed it they've nailed it um who else am i loving at the minute enjoy a bit of blackpink Mm. like i'm a big pop fan yeah i love pop music
0: obviously gay. Tell me about how you first connected in town because he probably yeah. might be one of the first like artistic people you met in London. Yeah, he uh, was. Yeah.
1: He was one of the first people that we got in the studio with and wrote together with. And I remember he had like, he's just got rid of it, hasn't he? his little um, studio in East London. And we went there and it was with Camille Purcell. She's like, we're like the, the hidden gem of Little Mix. Um, and we got in the studio together and started writing and it was just like magic I mean, think he was only like 17 at the time as well. Like he was so young. And I think he just brought out, um, was it Gecko? He was so fresh on the scene and it was really exciting for us to to get in the studio with him. And we've worked with him ever
0: since, to be honest.
1: Yeah, he's a really good friend and obviously doing his own thing now as well, which is amazing.
0: Do you remember where you were um, in the city when you
1: wrote Touch with him? So Touch... Touch is a, a, a real thing for me because it's one that we didn't write, and it's something I'm really upset about because I really wish we'd written that one. Um, and I think for us, like it takes a obviously we do we do write a lot of our own music, and it takes a really special song to be played to us to be like, right, we'll take that. You got to put your pride aside and say we didn't write that one, but you know what, we'll have it. Touch was actually it was a folk song at first. It was just on guitar, and the guy um that originally wrote it. God, his name is Phil, um, who we did Joan of Arc with, the original versions. Like, oh, it's a bit like Jamie T. It's like just a touch of your love is enough to knock me off my of no feet all week. Yeah, it's like that. Good impression, thanks, thanks, mate. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the original, and then obviously uh, we heard it. And we were like, this is like a banger, and then got in the studio with Loose Change, the producers Loose Change, who got involved with it. They were writing on it as well. Shun. Who we write with a lot, and then I think it was all—it was already sort of like a pop song when by the time it got to us, and then Emaniki got involved and sprinkled his his magic on it, and that's how Touch came about. There you
0: go. I had no idea it's supposed to be—it's supposed to be a folk yeah. song. yeah.
1: And that was a game changer for us, I think, yeah. in terms of like yeah, radio play and sort of switching our sound a bit. Like that definitely brought in a. a Bigger, wider audience, like a bit more grown up, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got a lot to thank those people for. Well, the salute touch. to
0: them. Um, I want to talk to you about live performance. So obviously, that's what you that's what you do as well. As well as being up in the booth, you that's guys right. perform. Yeah. Um, do you remember the first time you played a big London venue besides the X Factor final?
1: Right. Well, I think our first London gig was at the Hammersmith Apollo on the DNA tour, which we were so nervous for. That was a real moment for us, really, really special. And bless us, we were still really young then and our outfits were a joke. We had like white T-shirts on, we're like Jade, Jesse, Leanne. like All <laughs> our names on our T-shirts, as if people didn't know like who we were to our own tour. <laughs> it like, you know, it came on when we had like icons as well. Yes! It's like Jesse had the boom box, I had
0: the bow. I remember this is very much like the Wings era. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had all
1: that going on. Yeah, some questionable looks again. It was all very new and exciting to us. And yeah, it was that first London show where we thought, wow, like, this is it now. Like, mm. we're a proper artist now. Like, we're a girl band and we're doing this. We've got a hit. It was really exciting. And then I guess it, it progressed from there. From then on, we did another tour, did Wembley Arena, moved on to the O2. Twenty thousand people, yeah, people.
0: It's huge. In Greenwich coming to see you. Like what mm-hmm. I mean, what was that like? That those first steps onto to
1: that stage? It is like the, the dream venue to do in London. Like the sound's amazing. Obviously the audience is humongous. It's like, it's kind of like an iconic place to to play. So to be standing on that stage and seeing 20,000 people that are there just for you is the most incredible feeling ever. And if, if you could have told me that like when I was 10 years old singing in an old people's home in South Shields, that <laughs> I'd be like performing at the O2 Arena. Like, wow, Great I still venue. can't get over it. Yeah, can't get over it and... I think with the London audiences as well, it's like they are a little bit more reserved, so you've got to give them more to get more back. So, yeah, I think when we do London, we always have that in mind and give it our all. And it's just incredible that we even
0: get to do it. I tell you what, the are 0 amazing, but a bitch to get home from. Not for me, hun. Oh yeah, How, yeah. Two stops on the tube. I was just gonna say. Oh, okay, yeah. Because of your your literal proximity, I was gonna ask: is there is there a secret like Batmobile like tunnel that artists can yeah, get out of? Yeah, there is.
1: You do like you do what's called a runner. So you do your encore, perform, and then you literally dash off stage, jump in your vehicle, and you're out before like everybody else leaves. Yeah, it's like clockwork. Oh, right, I see. I thought there was some I mean, secret
0: underground like connection from. Yeah, no,
1: you get like a five minute window, I think. And then if you pass that, you're locked in till everyone else leaves and it's a nightmare. So, but I do generally get the tube to, to the O2. Do you know,
0: oh, look at I you. I should have
1: said that now because all the fans will be getting the tube I on the mean, day of our show. They're look, like, is
0: Jade coming? Mel B was getting the tube to Wembley for the Spice Girls oh, show. Oh, it's so
1: much better because I tell you what about London and all the traffic. <sighs> it's getting worse and worse.
0: So, are you are you a driver?
1: No, I can't drive. Neither can I. No, and I've never felt the need to in London either. Like, yeah, I think
0: I'd hate to drive. So yeah, especially recently, I, I just I just get the tube now. When you first moved down there, was it quite difficult for you to get a sense of the tube? Was it quite easy? Like what? When you first saw the tube, yeah, what did you think? I didn't get the tube. I was too scared. <laughs> yeah, you
1: would never catch on a tube. I was terrified. It's just like I think when you yeah coming from like. South Shields I got to London I was like public transport was very scary to me I was used to getting like the metro and like I don't know any, any taxi ride was like a five ten minute journey right so yeah when I first moved to London the thought of getting the two really scared us
0: but now you're obviously you're now you're okay oh, with it. now it's like easy so what do you remember the first day you like you you attempted to take it like by yourself or just attempted to do anything
1: if I'm honest I've only recently started getting it like on my own not fair enough because before then it, I'd have to like go with a friend Yeah, someone else that was from London would have to take us on the tube so I wouldn't feel like so scared about I don't know why. It's so stupid, isn't
0: it? Well look, there's a lot of squiggles, there's a lot of lines. I know. There's a lot of colours.
1: And I still now I get nervous if I've got to like change like, oh no, I don't know about that. I get scared of like getting on the wrong line or if it's northbound or so I just don't know, it's just very stressful.
0: You got a monthly have you got a monthly oyster card or what? No, I just use my card. Little top up my Yeah little one of them.
1: yeah. (laughs) I can't believe how easy it is, and because it took us so long to get it, now I get it, and I'm like, "What was I thinking before? Like, why was I such an idiot?" But look, it's a wonderful world. The amount of hours I've spent in an Addison Lee, and think about all the money you save. I know the money you're going to save in the future. Oh my god! I know
0: a lot of money to save. (laughs) Artists you've seen in London, your favorite shows,
1: favorite shows. Who have I been to see? God, I don't actually get out that often to see other artists. Well, I went recently to see the Spice Girls. Did
0: you go? I did. I went on the first night and oh, I got my entire life. So fun. Talk to me about, well, yeah, because again, so you were going back to Wembley. So Wembley is yeah. the first place you lived yeah. when you came here. So yeah, speak on it. You let me know.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, I went to see the Spice Girls at Wembley. I always get a bit nervous as well when I go to Wembley because it brings back all that feeling of like the X-Factor and just constantly being anxious that I was going to get sent home. (laughs) So it always brings up bad memories for me. But yeah, we went to see the Spice Girls and it was so fun. That like really nostalgic. You can't not love the Spice Girls. I'm sorry. Icons. Absolutely. And for me as well, like when I was little, especially the vision of London was like London, Big Ben, the Spice Girls. Like it was all that all came with it. So um, being able to stand at Wembley Stadium and sing wannabe to, like, thousands of people watching the Spice
0: Girls on stage was like, yeah. It's so fascinating how places are quite sensory, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, big
1: time. Every time I go to Wembley, even if I'm just there, like, driving past, I get a weird, like, feeling in my belly. Because mm. us girls went through it, man, when we were there. Being that young and being, like, thrown into a show like that, mm. it's intense. And obviously for us, yeah, we were 18, we were young girls, to me, we were still kids, and doing a show like X Factor is so intense, and every week was stressful, like having to learn new songs and having that pressure of all of a sudden being in the spotlight and everyone's talking about you. Like that was really, really heavy.
0: Do you find you've gotten used to it almost now? Have you just uh, like what's what is your sort of feeling towards like fame, quote, quote unquote now? It's very strange. I don't think I'll
1: ever get used to like being famous.
0: Because
1: mm. to me, I'm just like a normal person. And I'm still a bit awkward, like sometimes the wrong fans, like when they're freaking out and stuff. I'm like, I don't know how to deal with that still. But I think in terms like being in the limelight as well, you have to sort of grow a thick skin, I think. There's so much pressure on us. And I think the first couple of years, because it was so new to it, it really affected us all in different ways. And I know, like, Jessie's documentary. Yeah, she's, yeah. It was the BBC all about, like, her mental health and how it affected her just coming out of the show. And, yeah, there were some really, like, awful, awful times um, that we'll never get back now, really. And looking back, I wish wish we could do it all again and know how to deal with things better. But, I mean, at the same time, it's made us the women we are now and... We were so lucky that we we sort of grew grew into women together and had each other to support one another. Because yeah, we we all had yeah some iffy times. So looking back, not, that's not saying that we didn't have a good time either. Because obviously, you know, the first couple of years of being in the band was so exciting as well. But yeah, there was just that humongous pressure on us as young women. You know, constantly criticised for the way we look. Obviously, that stigma of coming from the show and being in a girl band like oh, you know. People expected us to flop, I think, straight away. Our ambition, and I will say that, like I, I don't mind blowing our own trumpet because I know how hard we've worked and I know there is like a sort of stigma attached to people who come from a show like that or who are a pop band and a girl band. We had all these things sort of stacked against us of why we shouldn't be credible as artists and I think it's taken like six to eight years to finally be known in the industry as credible artists. So um, yeah, we worked bloody hard for it.
0: No, it's, it's, and you've it's, always
1: championed us by the way I mean and I can't I'm just thank you saying. enough for that honestly like we're so grateful to people like you who didn't sort of you know when we'd walk in an interview room didn't look us up and down a minute like, oh like here's the sort of manufactured pop drip that comes in every other week do you know what I mean no like, no no that meant a lot for us especially back then to have people that sort of championed us and didn't sort of us straight away and listen to us when we said no like we actually write music we work hard it's all our sort of creative everything we do we're in control of and yeah it took a while to get everyone to
0: believe that so thank you for oh, listen does this mean i'm in the love? badge <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean, look i think the great thing about you four is that it is a, it's a testament to hard work it's a testament to just going for it, and especially to young people, especially young girls who want to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to take a chance. I and mean, that's why, yeah. uh, you, um, before we started recording, you were a bit like, I'm not actually from London. It's like, but that's not necessarily the whole point of this conversation. It's about, yeah. you know, London is the backdrop yeah. for, for this podcast. But I want people to hear about, you know, your ambition and about just going for uh-huh. stuff.
1: Yeah. And I think for sure, like, London is such a big part of our lives and our careers. Like, it's where we work and it's how you know, we've managed to become who we are. Like, London for me has made me who I am, I think, living here. If I'd lived up north, I think I'd be a completely different person. What do you reckon you'd be doing? I think, obviously, I was trying to gig around the northeast all the time. I think I'd still be doing that. Maybe I would have took a job that was more what I saw as realistic. I think I would have settled down too soon. I think I wouldn't have been as confident. I think moving to London really sort of shaped who I am and maybe more, Yeah. More confident as a person, more streetwise. It pushed no us. direct eye contact on the train joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it like it pushed me to educate myself more mm. and be wiser, and yeah, so many things that I don't think I would have necessarily done had I stayed where I was and not being as ambitious. I think, um, yeah, London, London's the place to be.
0: Thanks very much for listening to This City. Now, do take the recommendations seriously. And if you happen to go to any of the places mentioned, do let me know by posting a picture using the hashtag #ThisCityPod, and make sure you tell them who sent you. I mean, try and get a discount or something. I'm your host, Clara Ampo, and if you are curious as to where else you can hear this podcast, you can get it on Apple Podcasts Spotify and Castbox. And if you like what you heard, which I hope you did, uh, please rate, review and tell your friends. I mean, we do like five stars. We'll accept four, but five is the sweet spot. Um, Thank you again for listening. This has been a Sony Music fourth floor creative production.